Hey, friends. Welcome back to Bigger Than Me. I'm your host, Allie Hare. I have a confession for you guys. Ready? I am paralyzed by perfection. Not that I'm perfect, just literally the striving for perfection in everything keeps me from doing a lot of things, like putting out this podcast on a consistent and regular schedule. So my bad, guys. My motherfucking bad. Um, so I did promise you guys an episode last week. Obviously, that didn't happen. She's processing some stuff. She's healing. She's doing the work. She just couldn't get her shit together, but she's here now. So I've got kind of two episodes for you here. I haven't quite decided if this is just going to be one really, really long episode. And by really, really long, I mean sometimes I think that I'm going to have a really long episode and I wind up, I don't know, writing for three days and only recording for five minutes. So that's disappointing. But I'm paralyzed by perfection because I just want this to be the most amazing thing you've ever heard and stop you in your tracks and make you feel the things that I feel and understand the things that I understand. And <laughs> who the fuck am I? I? I gotta stop doing that. I gotta stop doing that. I think not, I think. I am learning. I am learning that a lot, a lot of the things that scare me, a lot of the things that I still feel misunderstood about or whatever are things that the little girl inside of me who who wasn't heard and wasn't understood and, oh God, she's, she's just, she's fighting it out. She's fighting to get out. So I'm going to let her out. Fuck it. I'm letting her out. I think that's what I've been doing. I think that's what I've been doing. I wanted, I don't know. I think, I think originally I wanted to have this like profound mission, right? This profound mission of I'm going to, I'm setting out to save the world from fat phobia. I'm, I'm setting out to save the world from childhood trauma. I'm setting out to save the world from just hating yourself. I can't save you. I can't save any of you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still working on saving my damn self. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm still working on that. And, and I'm learning. I'm learning that in this whole, like, journey, not that journey for me, this whole journey of finding myself has really been more of remembering the things that brought me joy throughout my life that someone or some people thought was wrong. I let them convince me that it was wrong. The things that brought me joy and not, I mean, it's not like illegal, <laughs> you know, just, just not, not going down the beaten path, I guess is the easiest way to say that. But I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. So I'm going to get into the three days worth of notes that I, I did actually write down. And then we'll probably just, you know, ramble from there. So I had initially wanted to call my episode for last week. I fucking knew it. <laughs> so here we go. We're coming in hot with a fresh new, <laughs> fresh new mental health diagnosis, mental illness, excuse me, mental mental illness diagnosis and a whole lot of angst. So this one's called I fucking knew it. I knew they would hurt me. All the bros I've been complaining about since I started podcasting and I, I've been blaming it on my body, but I'm starting, I'm starting to think that I use my body as an excuse to ignore the fact that my self-esteem was below sea level and I was handpicking dudes who were 
just guaranteed to hurt me. I'm just a, you know, a walking advertisement for daddy issues over here. My, my writing and my recordings have become my journal. And some of it goes out to the world and some of it stays with me. But it's not stuck swirling around my brain anymore because I finally just pulled it out of there and I put it somewhere where I could remember it if I wanted to. But I just wouldn't, I wouldn't forget it. I don't want to forget the the words that I'm finally putting together. You know, I think I think that forgetting was always the goal and now it's it's just understanding. It's just understanding. So yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want to forget the words that I'm putting together even though some of them hurt. Some of them feel like a black hole inside of me. Some of them sting. A lot of them sting, but some of them feel like a fireball shot. <laughs> some of them feel like my favorite blanket. And some of them feel like my favorite, favorite green hoodie. Looking back, I spent, I spent nearly two decades thinking of myself as a last resort. And I blamed my body because society told me it was the problem, right? Magazines telling me how to get the perfect body to attract the perfect man. Tyra Banks telling stunning, thin, conventionally attractive women that they were never going to make it as a model because they were too big. Movies casting people who look like me as the funny best friend or the lazy coworker or the before picture. The last resort. The girl you take home at last call but never to dinner at first seating. I once was on a diet that consisted of giving myself daily injections and eating 500 calories per day. My boyfriend at the time took on average about three business days to text me back and never showed up when he said he would, so my body must have been the problem. Certainly could not have been the fact that he was a lying piece of shit who told me he regretted saying he loved me, but that's neither here nor there. I didn't think I'd be here. Trigger warning. I didn't think I'd be here. I thought I could self-sabotage my way into finding the nerve to make the noise in my head go silent. I realize how selfish that sounds. But have you ever stood on a balcony in a high rise at Myrtle Beach and heard your own brain say, what if we jump? <laughs> oh, God. Dying at Myrtle Beach would have been tragic in and of itself. Or have you ever found yourself driving and wondering how much it would hurt if you just floored it into the nearest available tree? Welcome to Intrusive Thoughts 101, my babes. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't think I'd get here. I didn't think I'd get here to the, to the place where I actually had to start doing the work. The place beyond the noise, the place where I'd have to admit, <laughs> this is probably the hardest thing I've ever had to admit out loud, but also to myself. I spent so long building up walls that I thought were keeping, were keeping people out but I kind of just built myself a prison <laughs> because I've gotten myself to a place where I've had to admit that I just, I just needed to be loved. I just needed love. Powerful, unwavering, unconditional love. Love that didn't hurt. Love that didn't scream. Love that didn't make my head feel like a prison. Love that didn't tear me down just to build me back up to continue the cycle another day. Love that told me I was enough, just as I was, just as I am. But I think the most painful part of admitting that I needed love 
was facing the fact that I'd been conditioned to accept only the love I thought I deserved. And I'd been conditioned to believe that I deserved the scraps, the leftovers, the the afterthoughts, the late night you up. <laughs> and the, you know, let's not tell anyone about this. <laughs> I can't even begin to calculate the amount of time I wasted waiting for a a phone call, a text message, a knock on my door, a fucking carrier pigeon, waiting for someone to love me the way the fairy tales described. That one person who would make all the bad shit go away. That one person who would finally tell me I was enough and the rest of the world would follow suit. The cure for my broken heart. The cure for my broken brain, let's be honest. I was 33 years old when I stopped waiting waiting for that one person because it turns out I have been waiting all this time to find out that my knight in shining armor is a mentally ill millennial with slight agoraphobia and incredibly embarrassing trauma responses. Fuck. <laughs> Hi, it's me. It's me. I wish I'd gotten here sooner. Yeah, but I'm here now and I'm showing up for me and I'm showing up for anyone who isn't ready to stand up for themselves. Because I'm ready. I'm ready. I think it's hard. It's hard. I think that, I think a lot of us, we're, we're conditioned to kind of, you grow up tough, you know? You got to grow up tough. Nobody, I don't know. I wasn't encouraged to say how I felt. I, I, I felt just endlessly misunderstood not even maybe misunderstood, just I felt like nobody wanted to hear me. Nobody wanted to take the time to hear me. Or what they did hear was, okay, there's this scene in a, it's a movie called Because I Said So with Mandy Moore and Diane Keaton. Love her and her little turtleneck. And there's this scene where Mandy Moore is, spoiler alert, she's breaking up with this guy. And she's, she's crying and she's upset and she says you say huh when I make perfect sense and that really like that's the like the smallest little thing it sticks out to me it sticks out to me because I spent I spent a long time a long time thinking that like my my brain and the way that you know I felt things was wrong too sensitive. She's too sensitive. Raise your hand if you've been told that you're too sensitive and raise your hand when you found out that that is a form of gaslighting. Anyway, but so I spent so much, so much time just being like, oh, I'm just, I'm too sensitive. I, I feel things too hard. It's my fault. My fault. Anyway, anyway, yeah. So just, I'm gonna get back to it. <laughs> With all that said, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm showing up for me. I'm I'm showing up for anyone who wants to listen. I I am just just incredibly aware of the fact that I am not here. I'm I'm not Oprah. I am not here to tell you what to do. I am not here to give you a car or an iPad or what the fuck ever you have. You get a whale. You get a whale. Everybody gets humpback whales. That's literally that's how I feel about Oprah. But <laughs> I'm not Oprah. I am just a regular girl who got really fucking tired of believing 
every shitty thought I had in my brain and every shitty thing that's ever been said to me. So, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I realize I'm not anybody's savior. Um, but if I haven't said it before, I'll say it now. And if I have, I'll say it again. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I hope it helps you the way it helps me. But if it doesn't, I'm sorry, but this is for me. So with that said, I am struggling with a little bit of access. Access on, on Instagram. On Instagram. Is that okay to say? Like, I feel like it's not, but I'm going to say it anyway. So like part of me wants to block just every single man, every dude that follows me. Like delete every single comment that can't be paraphrased into Yas Queen and just unfollow every person that has a problem with me and or my body because doing that will make Instagram my safe space. But the other part of me wants to let it all hang out. The good, the bad, the ugly, the very cringy because I want to help make Instagram a safe space for people like me. And this is, I mean, Instagram isn't the end all be all of humanity. It's just social media isn't going anywhere. And it is a blessing and a curse. Feels like a curse more days than not. But, <laughs> but yeah, I want to, I want to help make safe spaces for people like me, for people who have ever felt less than, for people who don't know that they are lovable and worthy of that love for people who don't know that they are beautiful because they've been told the opposite since they were kids. Like, we were just fucking kids. By the way, you're not, you're not obligated to think that you're beautiful. Um, unpopular opinion here, but the body positivity narrative is just toxic as fuck right now. It started out with the best intentions, but then it got kind of hijacked. I'm not going to go into that. But long story short, like you you don't have to think you're the greatest thing to walk the face of the planet every minute of every day. We deserve to feel however the fuck we feel about ourselves with no one telling us that we're doing it the wrong way. Right? Fuck positivity. Sorry. But like, this world's a dumpster fire. <laughs> like anybody who's telling you, oh, just look on the bright side of life. Like, Okay, yeah, but, like, the bright side of life is, like, 50 degrees hotter, and the minimum wage is still the same as it was, like, 40 years ago. So, anyway, not 40 years ago. Whatever. I digress. Neutrality. Neutrality. Just let me live my life in my big old body. <laughs> Thank you. While I'm at it, while I'm at it, just, we, we get creepy DMs, too, okay? We get creepy DM, DMs, too. Like, just know that, like, if you think that your superpower lies in how fuckable you are, like, the big girl should be in the next Marvel movie. I'm just saying, oh, God, we're off the rails again, Allie. Yeah, just so we're clear, I'm not giving the shitty dudes I dated or whatever, like, a pass, even though I knew they were shitty, nor am I excusing society for literally training my brain to believe that my body was bad and therefore I was bad. I was talking with a good friend of mine the other day, and for, somehow we got onto the topic of, uh, of like the 90, like 80s, 90s, like heroin chic vibe where like Kate Moss and her skeleton were like gracing the covers of just everything. She was the it girl, like that's what you, that's what you needed to look like, right? And I was trying to, I guess, kind of explain this, this insanity. And I found this article that was literally written in March of this year, 2022. It was written in March of this year. It was written by a male, not, not surprising to me, nor will it be to you, because 
about three paragraphs into this article, as he's talking about the heroin, heroin chic era, vibe, whatever, he goes on to say, you know, and then emerging, you know, in the 90s, later in the 90s, was the more full-figured Cindy Crawford. Huh? Excuse me? What? I'm sorry. You wrote that article this year, and you're, you're, you're going to call Cindy Crawford full-figured? Okay. I'm giving you permission right now to, like, pause this podcast and go Google what Cindy Crawford looked like in the 90s. No shame. That girl could get it. Like, shit. Like, she was so fucking hot. I mean, she's still beautiful. But I think she was maybe a size two. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not shaming her for that. I'm not shaming her. But let's, let's not, let's not call her fuller figured. Especially not in 2022, okay? Okay, thanks. Moving on. Daryl took me on a date last Sunday. We went to the Cheesecake Factory. If you haven't been in a while or ever, just skip right to the cheesecake. That's kind of the only thing they do well, but that's beside the point. I had an old memory locked away in my broken brain that came spilling out in the form of angry tears sometime, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, that involved this exact Cheesecake Factory. I'm going to skip all the fun details for right now, but Here's a friendly reminder to any of you listening who may be parents. Your kids are going to make mistakes. Newsflash. Your kids are going to make mistakes just like you did, just like you do. Maybe don't publicly humiliate them in the middle of a crowded restaurant where they have nowhere to run and no way to escape you and then call it a lesson. Daryl wanted to help me make a new memory at the Cheesecake Factory to erase the old one, which I thought was super sweet. It's still there, but... Sitting across the table from him and feeling safe made me realize that that fucking horrible experience wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault that I got dressed up to go to a nice dinner because I trusted that the invite had no underlying sinister intentions to it. I can't say for certain, but I think the part of me that trusted unconditionally stayed behind when I walked out of there with tears running down my face, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. I'm processing a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> I'm processing a lot of stuff right now. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to share this. I, I am, okay. So after years of just being convinced that, well, no, I'm not going to say that. So I went back to a psychiatrist recently because, like I said, your girl's doing the work. She's doing the work, everybody. I went back to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist was kind of more like a, I was looking for kind of like a second opinion kind of thing of something I'd have been told a few years ago. By second opinion, I mean third opinion. And unfortunately, I was, I was looking for the answer that I did not get. The answer I did get was that I have borderline personality disorder. Thanks, mom and dad. Oh, yeah. So I'm still doing some research. Still, still learning, learning about it. Processing, processing. Her brain's a little broken, everybody. It's a little broken. But I'm going to stop showing up here and pretending that I have my shit together and I know what the fuck I'm talking about all the time because I don't because I I am learning this myself I am learning and unlearning every single day every day uh, I'm learning that the things I'm learning that the things that 
I was made to feel embarrassed of or ashamed of or like I was too much or I was too loud or I was too, I was too much. I'm learning that some of those things are a result of how my brain functions. And it's hard. It It is hard. It's hard to kind of look back, I guess, to look back and, and kind of, I don't know. It's almost harder to have the answer. It's almost harder to have the answer of, okay, this is why I do what I do. And this is why I feel how I feel. And this is why I, I, you know, I cry when, when, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, you say, huh, when I make perfect sense, the, the deep need for me to feel understood, apparently very, very tied into borderline personality disorder. And there's a lot of, there, there are a lot of things that, that I'm not going to get right, that I still don't get right, but I'm learning that so many of the things that I was made to feel weren't the best parts of me were were things that i i i didn't know how to control i didn't know how to control but there are also things that i kind of love about me too i do and i i kind of feel guilty i guess i mean not guilty i don't think guilty is the right word i love that i feel so hard i do i used to be so ashamed of that so ashamed of that because again I, I fucking knew it like I would go after these terrible guys <laughs> these terrible guys and I would just give them everything everything I had in me and I would fall so hard and it would always be met with like I mean we, we've only been talking for two weeks like you know like oh well Right. Like it wasn't like I was like in love with that, but it's just like I just I feel things so hard. And I think I looking back, I think I intentionally like gravitated towards people who were going to misunderstand me, who were gonna choose not to hear me, who were gonna laugh when I cry. And I'm <sighs> I am so fucking proud that I am beyond that so fucking proud that I'm beyond that and unfortunately that is that it's not just you know my dating life I I've I've started putting I mean I have been putting boundaries in place but I've started putting boundaries in place because ultimately at the end of the day at what I'm you know what I'm learning as I process this or whatever is I cannot I cannot control how someone perceives me. I cannot control how someone feels about me, how someone looks at me. I can't, I cannot control that. But I can control how I react to that. I can control the energy that I I put in. I can control the energy that comes back to me. I can control my responses to things. That's been one of my biggest like ahas over the last few weeks has been understanding that my typical again trauma responses usually have me just screaming crying just balls to the walls and I have been I have been proud of of being able to just say you know what this I have to stop waiting 
I have to stop waiting for anybody else to... No, that wasn't a fully formed thought, so I'm going to reel it back. But <laughs> I've just, instead of reacting over the past few weeks, I've I've pulled myself out of some, some interactions. I've pulled myself out of some dynamics, I want to say. I'm, I'm setting some boundaries. I'm setting some boundaries. I'm learning a lot, a lot. This is, this has been a lot. This has been a lot. I just, if no one has ever told you, like, I mean, look, if you took nothing else from this episode, like I am, I am begging you, begging you to hear this. Just stop waiting. Stop waiting. You have always been worthy. You have always been enough just as you are not 50 pounds from now not a master's degree from now not a fucking bmw from now right fucking now you are worthy of your own unconditional love i promise i'm wrapping this up but i was talking to a friend earlier this year and i remember this specifically we were talking about soulmates and if, you know, like you believe, we believed in soulmates. I said, no. I said, no. And that, I love my husband, everybody, to calm the fuck down. I said, no, because, I mean, first of all, statistically, like, there's just, I don't know. <laughs> that would, that would probably be a rambling. I said, no, because I think it's our choices. It is our choice. But I take it back. I take it back. I do believe in soulmates. I do believe in soulmates because I found mine. I finally fucking found mine. And it was me. It was me the whole time. The whole time. I gave myself the chance to find my true self. And I found my soulmate. The person I want to spend the rest of my life with was finally, finally staring back at me in the mirror. I hated myself. I hated myself so fucking much that I wouldn't even look at myself. And now if I could stand there all day, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I want that for you. I want that for all of you, for everyone. Be the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. Wrapping this up here, guys. If you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at bigger than me pod or at lights camera alley. You can shoot me an email at bigger than alley at gmail.com. Wherever you get your podcast, please, please like, please follow, please subscribe, whatever. Please, please rate, please review. That would be amazing. I would really appreciate it. And uh, yeah. I'm a big girl. I got a big personality, but this shit is bigger than me. Bye, guys.